0: Welcome to You Can't Make This Up, where we uncover the true stories behind your favorite Netflix documentaries and films. I'm your host, Rebecca Lavoie. Take a journey back in time with me. It's March of 2020, and we're all living in a brand new reality, one where many of us are working at home, can't go to school, see our friends and family in person. And yeah, we're binging a lot more Netflix than we're used to. Enter this guy.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Joe Exotic, and this is Sarge.
0: He was like a mythical character living out in the middle of Oklahoma, who owned 1,200 tigers and lions and bears. you're here, love me. i spoken, good looking,
1: love to party and have fun. I don't think we're done blowing up today. I don't think you are.
0: When the series Tiger King was released, it was an unexpected smash hit. And I've spent a lot of time wondering why this particular series struck a chord with so many people. Was it the plight of the big cats? The -the over-the-top characters who run shady zoos for profit? The outlandish accusations against big cat advocate Carol Baskin? Or was it all about Joe Exotic, the man at the center of this wild story? The man who had two husbands, a dedicated staff of misfits, over 200 tigers, a hunger for fame, and even a short-lived aspiration to be president of the United States. The man who eventually ended up in his own cage, going to prison for a murder-for-hire plot designed to get Carol out of the way. I mean, there really isn't anyone who compares to Joe. I'm not changing the way I dress. I refuse to wear a suit. I am gay. I am broke as shit. I have a judgment
1: against me from some bitch down there in Florida. And this is all paid for by the committee of Joe Exotic Speaks for America.
0: When Tiger King was released, I got the chance to talk with series directors Eric Good and Rebecca Chakelin on this very podcast. At the time, we all had no idea the series would become such a huge phenomenon, but they did know, even before they began making Tiger King, that they were going to be filming a bunch of characters unlike any other, and that would present a really unique set of challenges. So here's a little bit of that conversation. So co-director Eric Good, thank you so much for talking to me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So we saw a little bit of this in the documentary, your origin story with encountering this story, shall we say. Um, What did you think this would be when you first started filming it and thinking about it?
1: Well, I've been uh, involved in the exotic animal world my whole life. Um, My parents made the mistake of giving me a pet tortoise when I was six. (laughs) And I think I suffer from a bit of late adolescence and I continue to have turtles and tortoises and reptiles. And I'd been filming around the world you know, for quite a long time, sort of in an ad hoc way. And at one point, I thought, you know what, let me try to do this in a more professional way. And I connected with Fisher Stevens and with Rebecca, who I'd known previously, and talked to them about this world. And we started our journey five years ago. And I knew from the outset that it was really um, an interesting subculture in America, um, much like, you know, the pathology of best in show. And so what interests us was the psychology behind keeping these animals. And, and just as much as the issues surrounding the animals, we were interested in the people that did this.
0: Yeah, I was interested in them too. I mean, I have some experience with horse people. I used to ride horses. And I don't know if you know horse people, but they also can be very colorful characters. But these big cat people are on another level. Uh, And you talked with them a lot. Can you just talk about what it was like being face-to-face with Joe and all the other characters who are in this big cat community for this film?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's an unbelievably fertile, colorful group of people. I mean, arguably more exotic than the animals they keep. And I would say first off, it was hard at times to access these people. And so there was a, you know, sort of a courtship that had to take place to get entry to some of these people because on the macro level there's a war going on between the animal welfare organizations PETA Humane Society and these people that are exploiting exotic animals for profit and so they they really have an existential fear that you know people may infiltrate and destroy their livelihood and, and that includes me and so they were very guarded and secretive oftentimes about what they do And so, yeah, so first it was very hard at times to access some of these people, but oftentimes their vanity or their narcissism trumps their common sense. And they really do want to talk and show off. And, you know, after all, probably part of the psychology of keeping these animals is the attention that they receive from them.
2: The minute you meet one of these people that has an exotic cat, first thing they do is they whip out those pictures. Look at me. I'm holding this cub. Look at me. I'm petting
0: this tiger. Look at me. I've got this cat on a leash. It's all about look at me. Now, you might remember that these big cat people, the men, really, let's face it, it's the men, seem to have a lot in common with some of the cult leaders we've met in other Netflix documentaries. Joe Exotic has this cult of people working for him who have nowhere else to go. They're very down on their luck, not unlike how members of other cults are targeted and recruited, and they're really dependent on him. And of course, Doc Antle has his extremely culty situation with all of these women that he controls telling them how to live, how to eat, what to wear. That was something that really stuck out to me in Tiger King. So I asked director Rebecca Chaklin about that.
2: I think there are a number of factors that lead, have led to some of these characters ending up in situations that have a lot of characteristics that we equate with cults. And that is that it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy from sunrise to sunset to take care of these animals. It's super demanding and they're not super profitable unless you have a situation like Carol where she's bringing in money for the sanctuary and I think her donors are on a whole other level. So they end up recruiting young people who want to be around these animals. The animals are super enticing to a lot of young people. As a matter of fact, Joe, it was well-known, had a practice which ended up on the editing room floor. But in Oklahoma, they have a local paper called Jailbirds, where they post the mugshots of every person who is just been arrested and sentenced and people who are coming out of prison. Hmm. And so he would go through, oftentimes he would look for young cute boys with sexual offense crimes, hmm. and he would recruit them to come and work for him. And he gave them a substandard, but he gave them a place to live and some food, even though it may have been expired Walmart meat, yeah. and and um, a structure and uh, they became part of this misfit family that he had. Joe definitely liked to hire people who that was their only option.
1: Oh, try this at home, kid.
2: And his reasoning for it was, if this is all they have, and it's decent, they'll work hard enough to keep it.
0: It's kept me sober, not drinking. (sighs) Keeps me from getting in trouble. So,
2: and then Doc, Doc for the most part, recruits young women who come from mostly quite poor families in rural areas and who are enchanted with exotic animals. And so working with him gives them an opportunity. It's their dream to work with a tiger, a lion, an elephant. And his place is very posh for most of them. They can, even though their living conditions aren't like the manicured area for the public feels very posh for them. And so it's extremely alluring.
0: Between the big cats, the crimes, the cults, the murder plots, the wild speculation, so much happened in Tiger King. And you might just want to go back and catch up. Because guess what? He's back! When you think you've seen it all, you haven't quite seen it all. You have a prepaid call
2: from... Jelly Sonic.
0: Tiger King 2 is streaming right now on Netflix with five brand new episodes that pick up where the first series left off. And next week on You Can't Make This Up, you'll hear my brand new interview with directors Eric Good and Rebecca Chaiklin about all things Tiger King, from how they felt about the huge popularity of the first series, the public's reaction to Carol Baskin, and whether everyone in the Big Cat community is a Joe Exotic or if anyone is just a regular Joe.
1: They do have big personalities and egos. And, you know, there's a reason why they have a tiger or a lion. But yes, the the answer is yes. I have met people that did not have that huge personality like a Doc Antle or a Joe Exotic. We... Obviously, Rebecca and I gravitated to the people that had the big personalities, but by and large, they do. But like in all things, we also met people like Mark McCarthy and other people that keep exotic animals and tigers that I wouldn't put in the same ca- category in respect to pers- to the oversized personality.
0: So, Rebecca, I could be in line behind somebody at Target and they might have a big cat and I wouldn't know. Yes,
2: you, you, especially if you were in Oklahoma or Texas.
0: That's next week on You Can't Make This Up. Before we go, a couple of weeks ago, I asked you to send me your thoughts about the documentary Found. That was the subject of last week's You Can't Make This Up. It turns out I'm not the only one who cried the whole way through this film, but in a good way. Anya sent me this tweet, quote, I blame you for the tears streaming down my face watching Found on Netflix. So good. I also heard this from at Terry T. Lee. Quote, What a beautiful and moving program. I didn't stop crying through most of it. The nannies really touched me, especially the one who decided to become a doctor because there were none to take care of the sick orphans. Still feel teary-eyed. Yeah, me too, Terry. Me too. Me too. I would love to include your thoughts on this podcast next time about Tiger King 2. What did you think about this series follow-up to Tiger King? Send me a tweet about it at RebLavoye. That's R-E-B-L-A-V-O-I-E. I can't wait to hear your hot takes. And if they're great, I'll include them on the podcast. And don't forget to tune in next week for my interview with the directors of Tiger King 2, Eric Good and Rebecca Chaiklin. I'll see you then.